Welcome to episode 419 of The Sleeper in the Bust. It is Thursday, January 19th. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, how's it going? It's going good. We are now midway through January. Before you know it, spring training is going to be here. There's going to be pitchers and catchers reporting to camp. We're almost through the winter. It's great. However, there's still a lot of people to be signed. We had some signings. Jason and I talked about them uh, earlier this week. You know, Jose Bautista signed, Michael Saunders signed. But there's still a decent number of, of quality players. The the Major League home run leader from 2016 has not signed, you know. And so as, as close as it feels to finally getting through the winter and, and getting ready to, to have some more baseball – it's it, uh, conversely, it still feels a little bit far away because there's so much to be done uh, on the free agent market. In fact, you looked a little bit at some of that uh, very recently, so we're we're going to dive right in here uh, with our with our question of the day: Are there spots for the remaining power bat? Yeah, you know, it's the, the larger question or the trend question is whether or not we, you know, we've gone too far in, um, you know, sort of going back against the trend of, of, of overvaluing power. Have we gone, has the pendulum gone too far and we don't value power enough? Right. And are there too many free agents out there? However, you know, I think if you really look at the list with a discerning eye and you throw in handedness and you look at depth charts, what like if I, I did what if for, I don't want to have a discerning eye? What if I want to be willy nilly, perhaps? Well, then you can join the millions <laughs> of other people, especially especially on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Can I get? I'll, but, I'll change my profile to an egg, and then I'll just be willy nilly. Yell, just yell. Yep. Uh, There's so, no spots. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would say that there are there are spots left, and I. It's a complicated a little bit by the fact that the National League and the American League work a little bit differently with the bench. Mm-hmm. Definitely. But I, I still, I still see opportunities, especially with cost-controlled guys, young guys that are unproven that are in starting spots that can be pushed to the bench or pushed to the minor leagues, such as Dan Vogelbach in Seattle, Trey Mancini in Baltimore. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, these are, these are the kind of names that they can be pushed around. They, they're in a depth chart right now, but they, they can be moved around. I don't know so that Dan I, Vogelbach can actually be pushed around, though. Have you seen him? He's a big well, fella. Like, no, I wouldn't want to do it physically. <laughs> uh, mentally. Uh, in any case, uh, I, I kind of tried to look at the handedness of the team, the handedness of the open spot, and the actual sort of makeup of the team, because – you know, until they got Mikey Matuk, or maybe even now, uh, Detroit needed a center fielder, mm-hmm. and um, and so you couldn't just say, oh, well, we're going to put Mike Napoli on Detroit. That doesn't make any sense. Exactly. So, uh, and there were plenty of teams like that. So I narrowed it down to uh, you know seven or eight teams that um, that could actually I had ten teams that could use a slugger, and then I narrowed that down by handedness to, to see who could who could end up where. And I really think that in terms of, especially on this podcast, fantasy-relevant names, people that could start, people that should at least be the hefty side of a platoon, there might only be like four or five names. Well, let, and I think the, the bubble guy is is Chris Carter. But agreed, agreed. Let's let's put but, let's put some of those names in in place. Uh, the main I, ones. I, would... I did my best, and let me. Uh, I'll just do it by dis- the descending order. 
of projected wins above replacement. Perfect. That's perfect. not perfect for fantasy, uh, but it is uh, somewhat interesting in terms of how often they might play. So Luis Valbuena is actually number one, oh, and that's wow. because he can he can play in the field, and he's a really good platoon slugger. Okay. So uh, I have Valbuena going to Cleveland. Back to Cleveland, by the way. Remember, yes. you know, that's where he uh, – I don't know if that's exactly where he started, but that's where he, he got some playing time. It wasn't really clicking. He was a different player type back then. He was looking more like um, not so power-focused, maybe a decent – more of a batting average guy, maybe do do a bit of everything uh, with them in the limited playing time that he had. Never really clicked, and then I think it was when he went to Chicago that he finally started to say, you know what, I'm going to sell out for power and just see what I've got here. So uh, that could be an interesting fit. Where exactly would they would they play him? I you know I think it would be a first base, third base kind of thing. Okay, um, Jose. Ramirez gives them flexibility because he's and, infield outfield, right? Right. And there, there's only one real name that can play on the slugger list. There's only one real name that you want playing in the outfield too often. And that's Brandon Moss. Mm-hmm. I have Ryan Rayburn, by the way, falling out of the league. Deuces Ryan Rayburn. Uh, so. Maybe, maybe some sort of uh minor league invite or something. Yeah. But, and, uh, and if a team has that, short side platoon spot open in spring, he could get there. But, you know, I, I think some might be surprised to learn Ryan Rayburn's 35 years old. He's just not necessarily somebody that needs to still get those 250 plate appearances that he usually gets. That's a tough That's a tough fit for a team. He went out to Colorado last year and posted a 73 WRC plus with his 712 OPS. So that was a tough yeah. season, and you're right, it could it could spell the end. Projected slugging 391. It's just, um, you know, it's tough, tough for a platoon guy when he gets old. So, uh, I have him falling out. Uh, I have Logan Morrison without a home, but we'll get to him. Luis Valbuena, I think uh, it makes some sense because he has some defensive value, mm-hmm. which I actually think the Indians need because Carlos Santana and Edwin Encarnacion are good hitters, but that's it. They, they don't have great defensive value or it might any. be two DHs. No, you're, you're being right? nice. They don't have any. So, so to have a guy that can play first, either they go up big, take one of those guys out, put Val first, or in another situation, play Valvano at third. Jose Ramirez plays in the outfield, uh, back in left field if Brantley's shoulders is not ready, and there are substantial rumors that there's plenty of concern not. there. Yeah, yeah, there's concern there. So. So that is a way, other than signing Brandon Moss, which is also uh, possible, uh, to play the outfield. Uh, even though Moss has said he prefers first base, you know he'll take he'll take the he'll take the job. So uh, that, that I think that's the sort of Moss Valbuena is the interesting is the interesting t- thing atop of the lefties in a way. Uh, Moss I have going to Baltimore. He was drafted by Duquette, and. Uh, he can push Mancini or Walker, both right-handers. I think probably Mancini. Um, he can push Mancini to the bench and have the, the plus side of a DH platoon in Baltimore. Um, and also, maybe he's a little bit better against lefties than Hunsu Kim. And uh, their other, their other, what's their other platoon situation in the outfield? Oh God, why can't, uh, Seth uh, Smith. 
Seth Smith. So I would actually, if you were ranking these guys against lefties, I would say I'd give an incomplete to Kim. We don't really know what he does against lefties. Mm -hmm. We would give a, well, no way is he starting to Seth Smith against lefties. We we know what he is. Yeah, he's 34 years old. Seth Smith is a strong side platoon. So then you have Brandon Moss, I think, well-suited to that outfield, which I think that's what Valbuena pushes Ramirez to the outfield. You can't do that in Baltimore. So uh, I think Moss is a good fit for them because he can play the outfield. He can play against lefties in the outfield and against righties at first or DH. So or you, that's I'm pretty comfortable with that that split with that sort of background behind it. You could sneak Chris Davis out there to the outfield sometimes too if you want to get Moss at first base. Maybe if you know if Moss is has a uh, nagging injury or something and Davis feeling good, he can go in the outfield or vice ground, versa. Ground ball either. pitcher on the mound or something. Yeah, so, something like uh, that. Uh, that'd be uh, nice for fantasy especially to, to see. You yeah, know, they've they've been getting a slugger Baltimore. a year lately that that they just kind of uh, put a little juice into. You know, with their bat right away, and I don't mean that from like a PED standpoint. I just mean they go yeah. out there, they dominate in in super hot Camden, and, and, and it really works. So I, that'd be nice to see somebody like Moss out there. They actually have enough flexibility that they could sign Trumbo and go right or left. I think their team has some of that. Mm-hmm. However, they just don't. They don't seem to be working on that level. They want to sign a guy for like one and ten or yep. like two and fifteen. You know, and I think Moss. Is, is more on that level than Trumbo. So that's what I have going. That's the top lefties. The, the lower lefties, I think Kansas City and Toronto want lefties, but I think they also don't want to spend. So I think Pedro Alvarez and Adam Lind are going to go to Kansas City or Toronto. And I just have Lind going to Toronto. You Lind know, back out there. there. Yeah. You know, um, can go back into that, into that situation with smoke and, uh, they, they're comfortable with him, but maybe if they want to change, they try Pedro Alvarez, depending on, you know, if they think he's a true DH or whatever they, whatever they want. So I think, you know, Kansas City, Toronto, they're going to split those two guys. I don't think it's a great situation for either of them, even though they're lefties. Um, <clears throat> you, you don't know. Smoke is a switch hitter in Toronto, so um, you don't know if he's going. If Lind is definitely going to start or whatever. Um, and um, what is the Kansas City situation? I know that Kansas City wants – I'm pretty sure Kansas City wants a lefty because of the makeup well, of their team. Yeah, and they've got Chesler Cuthbert slotted in at DH, right, which neither right, of us really go. believe. So that's what we've been talking about, them them signing a more true true DH, pushing Paolo Orlando to a backup role, and, um, and Jorge Soler starting in right field. So that's still a pretty righty-heavy team. And uh, I think adding a lefty DH will work for them. That could be Adam Lind or Pedro Alvarez. I, I I I don't know. You know, I can't I can't really tell the difference except that Lind might be a better uh, defender, but he's coming off a worse year, so and he's older. So, um, so the difference there. Either one of those could be compelling in American League only. So now back to the righties: Trumbo, Seattle, Napoli, Texas. I actually don't think it. Other than park factors, it doesn't matter that much. Like both of those guys are going to start. Both of those teams need righty power. Both of those need, teams need power. So I think that's a starting spot for them. And you just want the guy who ends up in Texas, I guess. And definitely always, you know, right. So and then I think that the the guys who are really screwed are the righties behind those two because there are most there are a lot of teams with righty full benches that don't want another righty bench spot. There aren't a lot of other starting spots left. And, 
you know, I have Chris Carter going to Tampa uh, just because I think they could use a righty to, to platoon with some guys. But And apparently I, they were third or second on Bautista. They were in on Bautista till the end. Right. So so they're I looking guess, for a righty power bat is, is what that seems the to righty, tell us. It would be a righty platoon with Corey Dickerson at DH, basically. Mm-hmm. So not really compelling, especially since it's Tampa. <laughs> No. And uh, so it's Chris Carter or Dejo Lee or Franklin Gutierrez. You know, one of those guys will go to Tampa. It's going to not be good for them. Gutierrez, I think, would work better for them because then you could. Um... They have a ton of outfielders. I have a weird thing here. Gutierrez to the Cubs. Oh, now it wouldn't do much for his fantasy value because they would just use him selectively. But, it, but it's a good it's a good mix because it'd be DFS the, useful. I think you'd want him on yeah. the days when he's playing. Yeah, and I think real life useful too. Oh, absolutely. They have Kyle Schwarber out there. Yep, he can still uh, play good defense. Yeah, and uh, and you know DH days against lefties. You know, there's a there's a there's a usefulness for an offensive bat that can play some defense off the bench and in the outfield because. Most of their guys, it's Javier Baez. Their bench is basically right now Javier Baez and Tommy Lastella. And that's, that's good righty lefty and they can play everywhere. Yep. You know, but, and then Albert, uh, Albert Almora, who's I think more of a defensive really, replacement. Yeah. Defense only, uh, for like so, a John Jay. You know, Gutierrez, I think actually fits in really nice there. I, uh, I other agree. people have said they don't, they'll, they'll just use more pitchers because they have such a versatile, like Javier Baez there is, is amazing because he can play everywhere and he makes everything better. Plus Hell, Zobrist out there, so like uh, yeah, he can you, do a lot of different things. You got Zobrist and Bias, but even Chris Bryant. I mean, don't forget right, the flexibility that he's shown in his short career already. Um, Contreras can jump into the outfield, and Montero can come off the bench to catch. But the the other other place for Gutierrez I have is Boston, maybe. But they kind of have uh, Gutierrez and Chris Young. I don't know. That's true. Does Chris Young not make it, or I don't know. And um, then Logan Morrison, I just don't have a place for him. Logan Morrison, oh, the, the, so real, cool. the real person who gets screwed here is the lefty who doesn't get a job. Because Chris Carter will probably get a job. He'll get screwed by not being a starter. But is he really worth being a starter? He hasn't amassed more than a win like ever. So he's just kind of one thing. You know, he's, yeah, <laughs> it's right? man. It's tough, though, to see a guy go 40, 41, 94 on Homer's ribbies. And we don't have a spot for him. And, and it makes sense. It, it, yeah, it right, isn't exactly. something where it's like, this is ridiculous. It's like, no, that it all it all computes like and what does, how does Lomo doesn't beat Moss in terms of versatility or really projected slugging or no. projected war. Um, Lomo doesn't beat, uh, Lind in projected slugging and he's just a first baseman just like Lind. He doesn't beat Alvarez in projected slugging and Alvarez is younger or actually the same age. So, I mean, maybe like Toronto goes for Lomo over Lind, but I don't know why. You know, I'm not, there's no real compelling reason for me to, to make that decision. I agree. So, so he, he could be on the outside looking in. Um, yeah. you know, th- things are going to happen in spring. If any of these guys are lingering in February, March, and and somebody gets hurt, there's you know unfortunately there's going to be some big injuries. We don't know what they are, but they happen literally every year. That's just the nature of it. And so some of these guys that we can't find spots for, hell, even a Ryan Rayburn might end up, you know, all of a sudden March 14th he signs with a team. 
goes hits a few uh, dingers in spring and then he and then he's making an opening day roster so it's not the end of the line for even these guys that you can't place but it's looking bleak and you know i bet you deho lee goes back to i was to, gonna say uh how viable is that in your estimation that he goes back to was is it korea uh yeah i don't know it's just that you know again first base yeah, mostly korea. only and he's he's righty I have I have him listed down here in Boston. I think that that would be a great situation for him because, you know, at least for DFS purposes, he would be in a good home park, and he would uh, I think be in some sort of platoon at DH with uh, Mitch Moreland or at first with Mitch Moreland because Mitch Moreland didn't play against righties that often. Mm-hmm. They, they do have Mitch Moreland, Hanley Ramirez, lefty righty, but that's. Pretty much lefty righty for first and DH. So exactly, Hanley's playing shove, all the time. You could so. shove some Deholi in there somewhere. So, I, which is a, a bad way of putting it because shove, it's hard to shove that dude anywhere. But shove some Deholi. He's always six, <laughs> six four two fifty. He's more yeah. than two fifty, I think. But that's his listed. Uh, man. His nickname. It's like a real smiling. He's like a smiley dude. He's got some really great nice nicknames. Smiley though. dude. Yeah, Big boy. They? But th- this is the best one ever. Pig tiger. Whoa, that must that must could be like a language thing or something. Pig tiger. <laughs> I thought that was Prince right. Fielder when he was in Detroit. Oh, Pig just kidding. Uh, fat shaming. I'm a piece of garbage. Sorry. What do, I know. What do we do? We what do we do for these people's fantasy things? We gave Albuena a job that works. We gave Trumbo a job that a starting job. We gave Napoli a starting job. Whoever we, we gets into Texas in Boston. Him. Austin Baltimore, or that Baltimore, is a yeah. win for him, that's, I think. That makes him dub. interesting in every league next year. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we have a loser in the lefties where, you know, Lind and Alvarez probably get some sort of significant playing time, but uh, not in great situations uh, for, for different reasons. Toronto is a little bit stacked, but needs a lefty. Alvarez would play in a bad park in Kansas City. Um and uh, and then a lefty that doesn't make it. So I think that Alvarez Lynn situation is there's that's an either or that's interesting. Whoever gets the Toronto job, that's the one you want. And I then agree. Seattle Texas and Trumbo Napoli, that's the one you want. Man, so. I'd love to see um, Alvarez out out in Toronto, just crushing righties. You know, because he'd still get a chance to go to Camden, of course. That uh, team is so righty heavy too. They could really use a lefty in that lineup. Yep. And and you know he's going to only be thirty. And he, he quietly, you know, I know everyone hit 20 homers last year, but he still did his thing against righties last year. Uh, he had uh, 848 OPS and 21 of his 22 homers, you know, Baltimore really platooned him. He only had 41 plate appearances against lefties. So he's still doing his, his strong side platoon thing. Alvarez in Toronto would certainly appeal to me as well. So great job there. You know, I like, I like that. There are spots for these guys. There are going to be some, uh, you know, in the musical chairs that are, are, are left looking and they're going to have to bank on, on injury or other things to happen with, with, with other clubs. But for the most part, you found spots and I, I, again, I was kind of on that side of the of the clown who didn't think there were spots for everybody. So I'm glad you did the legwork for us and, and found some spots for these guys. Um, some other spots have been filled. Actually, one via trade and then uh, one via signing, but it's on the pitching side. So we've got some pitching to talk about, and then we're going to dive in, uh, continue our team by team. We're going to talk about the Boston Red Sox today. But first, we got to talk about the trade of a guy that won Eno Saris. I don't know if you know him. 
cool guy, uh, has very much liked in the past. And I'm curious if you're still a fan of one Dan Straley, who was just traded to Miami for a couple prospects, uh, Austin Bryce and Luis Castillo, not that Luis Dia, believe it or not, and uh, a third prospect, Isaiah White. Um, I'm familiar with, with Castillo because he was part of that, that uh, Kashner-Colin Ray deal that got f- flipped last year. And, and they had to, the Castillo was the one who I think went back. Um, and then Ray went, Ray mm-hmm. went back to San Diego. That's how it worked. And then Bryce has kind of been on their prospect list for a while. He's not a huge prospect, but they don't have a deep system. So that's kind of why he's always been there. So I'm less concerned really with what Cincinnati got. This for me is about Straley, uh, taking his home run issues and going over to Miami. Now, Here's the interesting thing, though. He allowed an NL high 31 homers. I believe he was tied, actually, with Max Scherzer. But uh, he still had a 376 ERA. So you look at the FIP, the fielding independent pitching, and it's 488. And it says, well, he could be in some trouble there. What this park move seems to do for me is give him a chance to actually earn something like an upper threes ERA. Because if it curbs the homers, I don't know that he's going to be better than the 376. I think he could actually bump it up a little bit, maybe be closer to 390. But then when you look at his component numbers and his fielding independent pitching, it would be much closer than the over uh, one run split that we saw last year. How do you feel about Dan Straley in Miami? Yeah, I mean, he really... He really scores high in a, a non-measurable factor, which I think is pitchability and sort of pitching sense. I talked to him about this, and I think he has a great sense of how to sequence. It's one of those things we can't see in the numbers so well yet. But, you know, he knows that he has the highest separation of vertical uh, movement between four-seam and change-up in, in the game. So basically, he throws a rising, even though it's 89 miles an hour, he throws a riding fastball, and he throws a changeup with good with good dip for that. So he pairs those two. He has a fastball changeup, four-seam changeup uh, pairing. And then he also has uh, the best thing he ever had was a slider. It's the only, the, like basically the only pitch he had coming out of college. So, you know, he's got the fastball slider and the fastball change. And what he learned this last year was to, you know, kind of add a sinker and throw front door of the sinker, front door and back door of the slider. And so he's really working his best. And he's, and he's thinking about where he's pitching in the zone. He found, you know, I, did, I, I had an interview with him. If you want to look it up, the pitching, pitching not throwing with Dan Straley. And he found that he was throwing uh, too low in the zone for lefties, that they were, he was being really predictable. And they were smashing him for home runs last year. And, uh, so then he, he kind of started to throw high in the zone to them a little bit more. And paradoxically, that, that actually led to fewer homes. It's actually, uh, by the way, your piece is, is very easy to find because it is in, in the five most recent articles, which shows up in his profile. So it's actually second, yeah. uh, to one that Jeff Zimmerman included him in. So if you want to check that out, folks, highly recommend it. Um, but anyway, so I mean that those are it's still not it's still 89, right? It's still an 89 mile an hour fastball. It's still not ever going to be an ace. And just putting him in this park, you don't just subtract all the homers and say, oh, he's going to yeah, be great. Exactly. So, uh, so you know, I would uh, I would say it, this is here's the an interesting would you rather because I do think he's probably in that sort of 70 to 80 list where 
He's a viable mixed league guy, back end, but it's a really important decisions at from 70 to 80 on your rankings when you're when you're doing personal rankings for pitching because the right around 75 is where you pick your last starter for a mixed mm-hmm. league often. And so, you know, is he 80 or is he 72? You know what I mean? Like that's a big deal there. Is he in or is he out? So I think one of the big questions is, and it's kind of funny, they're all on the same team. So would you rather <laughs> weigh in Chen, Conley. Adam Conley, or Dan Strader? Oh man, that is a that is a good one. I'm of the belief that Wei Yin Chen can't be as bad as he was last year. I just I just don't think he will be. Well, I think was, there was some was injury. Hurt. Exactly. I think there was some injury yeah. there, and I actually expect him to be a a, a good bit better. Than he was, uh, because I thought the move to, to Baltimore was real, or excuse me, from Baltimore to Miami was really going to help him first go into the NL and getting out of a, a very home run friendly park. He's also always been a home run guy and his home run rate actually went up last year. So I, I, I like him, like him best of the bunch over Conley between, for me, it's between Chen and Conley personally. I, I have Straley yeah. third of, of the group. But I'm with you where it's not, it's not some major split. They are, they are very close. I'm going to go Chen Conley Straley. Uh, I think right Yeah, now. we're, we're of one mind. I, you know, Conley's interesting. Um, he didn't quite get, he didn't, I thought he might add a little more velocity. Yeah, I thought there was going to be a, a little bit more last year. He showed the flashes. But he was coming back from injury and you saw like the max, the max one up, he can hit 94, but he's still sitting 91, which is average or slightly below average. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that one of his secondary pitches, you know, his change is pretty good, but I think Australia's change up is better. So, you know, Conley versus Straley, I think is actually the, the more difficult one. I think Chen is, is there because he, he still last year had some good whiffs at Chen did and Chen, just and he still didn't walk anybody, so it, it only requires him to sort of pitch up in the zone a little bit more, yep. get those pop ups, avoid those homers. You know, if he can do those two things, then he'll be the Chen of old, and maybe even a little bit better because because maybe Miami and NL maybe he'll get that boost when he's healthy. But the health injury I think does bring him into that pack. Otherwise, it'd be like Chen Chen Chen. Not you know you know, but you know thinking about whether or not he's going to be healthy is an interesting decision to make. He didn't really. He didn't have a surgery, right? Correct. He did not. And it and and it was blamed on elbow an elbow sprain. I think they called I, it. I think I think that's exactly uh, which is just the worst. I don't want to hear that ever. That's a sprain. A sp- is a, a rip. Yep. Exactly. So if, if you ever hear uh, a sprain uh, and you think it's not that bad, just just remember, sprain's a tear, and it, it, it it's a yeah. problem. I mean, at least he did finish the season on the mound, though. Um, you know, he came back in mid September and, di- and did pitch. So I do like that aspect of it. I still like Chen. I was a pretty big believer in him last year. And of course he failed me greatly with, you know, only pitching 123 innings and, and the injury, no doubt impacting some of those innings. But like you said, the walks, the walk and strikeout rates were actually still right where they, where they've always been. And so the homers went up, the hits went up and, and he got hurt. With some health, I think he's back to being uh, in upper threes, maybe even mid. You know, his last two years in Baltimore were 354 and 334 ERA for Chen. And so if he does curb some homers and does stay healthy for another, you know, 190 plus innings, which he's done a couple times in his career, and maybe is a one home, 1.0 homers per nine flat 
hell, if he, heaven forbid he gets below one, then I think we could see some, some really good stuff out of, out of Wei Yin Chen. So I definitely like him best. And then you left between Conley and Straley and, you're right. That that is really the decision there. I think I'll lean Conley, like I said, but um, it, it's not such separation where I'm like, oh, you must take Conley, and you're crazy if you don't. The market agrees uh, with with the three being very close, but they don't have it the same way as us. Uh, the NFBC data has Conley as the 85th pitcher off the board, Straley 91st, and Chen 93rd. So they they actually have yeah, Chen last it- of the group. I would I would reverse that, and I think I might up them all a little bit. I think um, did you said ninety third among mm-hmm. pitchers? Yeah, I think uh, Chen to me is the guy who's like seventy five. Conley is like eighty, and and Straley is like eighty two or something. I mean, I, I'm just cribbing this right now, but it, it, you know, in or out, you know, Chen is the guy who's in, and the other two are more a little bit more yep, deep. Yeah, I think that's completely fair. Um, let's move on and talk about a signing. It's a small signing, but I want to ask because. He could factor into the closer situation. Neftali Feliz signed out in Milwaukee. Just another little signing. Milwaukee doing some decent things this year, by the way. I, I, I like I like what they're doing with David Stearns. Obviously, they made some trades last year that helped bolster the team. Um, they've got a good farm system. They've got some nice young players that that kind of emerged. Jonathan VR was a huge breakout. They're, I don't think they're going to really make any noise this year, but they're slowly building. They brought in Eric Thames. Uh, Orlando Arcia should get a full year this year. Domingo Santana is a guy we've talked about that we like. Travis Shaw uh, was the main piece in that Tyler Thornburg deal. So they're just making little moves. Basically, looks like Feliz uh, fills in for Thornburg now, but does he take the closers role? Roster Resource seems to think so. They slotted him right into the closers role over Corey Knievel. I think it's between those two. How do you see it playing out? What do you think of Feliz in Milwaukee? Mm, I haven't thought that he would take the role, but he did get the the velocity back up. That, that, so that was key. 96. And, you know, he he threw um, – the slider got harder too. And the, the, the cool thing about that, I think that it's almost as important as the fastball – was that the slider retained the same amount of drop that he'd had before, but but added velocity. So that you know, velocity and drop key factors for a slider. Um, what we've what we've said in the past that we look for are strikeouts and velocity uh, from from the closer. So you know he's going to have a strikeout per inning and and come in at 96. Um, but Knievel, you know, I think just on talent, I would take Knievel. Would you? Because, just because he has basically the uh, Kimbrel curveball, and last year had you know uh, more strikeouts and is projected for more strikeouts, and is at ninety five himself. Would you ever call him so evil, Knievel? <laughs> well, he's a he's a home brewer, so okay. no. <laughs> and he's a former Longhorn, so I would I wouldn't call him evil either, but. You know, I just, I don't know. I thought it would, I thought it would work. But, uh, so that looks like a battle right now because, uh, you don't necessarily see Feliz in the closers role. Like I said, roster resource slotted him right in there. It's not like. Oh, no, I'm saying that I said on talent. I mean, there's, there's still the whole cost issue. That, oh, that, that's a, that's always the key factor, right? And I, and I think we do a good job of covering that between teams 
deciding, hey, do we want to get this guy's numbers up in arbitration? You got a guy like Kniebel who is still very young. By the way, this is a little bit surprising. You might already know, so I might have blown it for you, but how old do you think Feliz is? I, I, I did Okay. Look. I was a little bit surprised to learn that he was 29. I think I he's think, uh, no, younger. I think I would have said that he was like 31. Uh, he's been around. Exactly, but but he broke in around. at 21, so I think that that's what helps. Uh, because, yeah, yeah, I, yeah. I, for some reason I thought – because remember there was a whole thing, yeah. I mean, it's been a whole saga where there's, is he going to start and all that stuff. But the Brewers are projected to win 67 games next year, the second worst in baseball. Yikes. So does it so, matter? Who uh, is that what you're asking? Yeah, I think. Well, that's uh, that is an issue. Let me see here. Uh, runs is a big deal. Uh, I found that runs and bullpen strength were uh, predictors of steal well, uh, of saves. I, I, I hate their bullpen outside of Feliz and Knebel. But I actually do like their offense a bit. Yeah, their run scored is is well, no, actually, gosh, that's weird. They they're projected to have only four teams are supposed to have worse runs well, scored per the game. Thing, though. It, it, it's and then runs allowed per game uh, worse. Than it's because teams. it's 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 really a suspect offense right now. But I like a lot of the pieces. You got Villar at the yeah they're gonna they're gonna yeah they're gonna bake in a lot of regression for the or the um, uh, does Vo- does Villar, Villar repeat? Can Arcia what what's he doing a first full season? Uh, what does Thames do coming over? He's your he's your cleanup guy. Does Domingo Santana jump forward? Uh, is Travis Shaw a full time player? Uh, can Keon Broxton not, not strike out sixty eight percent of the time? Even and then Keon Broxton is uh, exit velocity and Domingo Santana and Keon Broxton both exit velocity launch angle yeah, darling. So, so they've got pieces. The projections aren't super nice to them, um, and and so Santana was hurt, so the fielding numbers, uh, you know, may have been affected mm-hmm. by that. So if he's if he's an actual scratch, because at some point he was a center field. I mean, like a yeah. while back, but. You know, he's not supposed to be, he's not like a lumbering, he's not like Lucas Duda faking it in the outfield. No, he has some speed. He's, he's, he's actually an supposed to be like a double digit, so, uh, stolen base asset yeah. even too for Domingo Santana. So there's, I, I like what they're doing. I just don't know how good they're going to be okay. right away. And you know, I can see why the projection systems are dinging them and their starting rotation is pissed uh, Agreed on all points. Yeah. They, they definitely, but they have Josh Hader coming. I like Hader. him. I like and, what, uh, some of what Davies showed. Uh, we, we've talked that yeah. we, we buy what Guerra did. You like Junior yep. Guerra. Jorge Lopez may find it again. You know, oh, he had to go to Colorado having Springs. Having them all pitch in Chicago, Colorado Springs is the it's worst. It's so terrible, idea. man. <clears throat> Excuse me. They got left. Just... You talk about, I was talking about musical chairs earlier with everything, um, with the hitters. That there was a minor league musical chairs a couple of years ago and they got left holding that, uh, bag of crap known as Colorado Springs. Frankly, the league should mandate that the Rockies have to keep that as a minor league affiliate. Listen, if you're going to choose to play in Colorado, you have to play your AAA team there too. Don't don't put that and on it, anybody else. If I was and if I was a if I was a an organization that had that kind of thing, I think I would treat it as finishing school. So, you know, the Mets have Vegas. They, you know, when they were worried about someone, they didn't send them back to Vegas. They sent they, them to they Double went to, A, uh, Birmingham and, or Binghamton. Yeah, to Birmingham. Yeah, because you want to develop the confidence. So, I mean, can you, you can, maybe you can say Jorge Lopez was ready because he did, he did a lot of good things in double A for them in 188 innings. So maybe they said, okay, he is ready for finishing school. And, uh, and then, you know, Colorado Springs, you know, did him in. 
But or maybe you should have said, well, let's finish 2016 in double A and really have him nail double A and then, um, you know, do a little bit of triple A if, you know, next year. So I, I would treat it as finishing school. Thor went to, uh, triple A and put away his curveball for a yep. half year and the changeup got better. Flat so, out said, I can't throw it there. Yeah. And, and, you know, I think it could have derailed Seth Lugo's career completely. Because he had to put away his curveball, it's the best pitch he had. So I would trade it as a finishing school, and you got to look at it with like a 355 batting average on balls in play for Jorge Lopez for a guy who has a power sinker. Then he obviously got spooked and couldn't find the zone. Well, yeah, that was the thing. And, he started pitching scared, and you totally understand yeah. that when you're getting your face caved in for 11 and a half hits per nine. Yeah, so I don't know. Anyway, that's too much. Uh, <laughs> I would say. Please, I would say please. Okay. I guess I, 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 you you bring him in, you pump him up, you let him go, and and Knievel is hopefully your closer in a year or two. Or when you're good. or in August, because like you said, you, you pump him up and you let him go. You, you could you could trade yeah. Feliz this this uh, this July and and maybe get a haul, especially if the if he continues to uh, get back on track the way he did last year, and if the market is going crazy for relievers as they often are in July. All right, you know, let's talk yeah. Red Sox here. Doing it a little bit differently now, um, where I've got three questions about the team and then favorite targets, stay away off the radar and impact prospects. So Boston Red Sox, very interesting team, obviously a, uh, a full on contender. They've made some big moves. We talked Chris Sale. Uh, we don't think necessarily need to dive into that. I've got some questions for you. First one, where's Andrew Benintendi bat? What, where in the order do you think? Uh, Benintendi bats. Roster Resource has him second. Do you agree with that, or do you have him lower, or higher? Do you have him leading off? Well, that's interesting. I mean, I guess the question is where Xander uh, hits then, because you've got something like Pedroia leading off, and Betts is your third hitter. Well, they put so here's what Roster Resource uh, has: Pedroia, Benintendi, Bogarts, Betts, Hanley, uh, JBJ. Sandoval, Moreland, Sandy. Yeah, you know, actually, there is a value in having a guy with some speed in the fifth, sixth spot. So uh, I like that. I actually like that for Jackie Bradley. And, and it takes, I think, pressure off of him to make contact and get on base and all that stuff that's not always been his best put mm-hmm. forward. I have, I would put Ben in 10 second, but the problem is he's super young, and what if they don't want to put pressure on him? Um, let's see what he did last year. Is that that's is that like he a, beasted? Uh, no, I mean where? Oh. <laughs> <You> said, <laughs> said, let's see what he did last year. You didn't say let's see where he batted yeah, last yeah, yeah. year. Uh, I was like he was a monster for thirty-four games. <laughs> um, his hair was flowing and beautiful. Let's see here. Uh, I'm looking here. Ninth. I, I actually use Yahoo for it this. It was ninth, uh, ninth, eighth, and ninth. Seven games in eighth, twenty-five and ninth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think they might do that again because they just have it's such a it's a veteran team and they have so many options at the beginning. I think I would do uh Pedroia, Bogarts, Betts, Hanley. Pedroia, Bogarts, Betts, Hanley. Okay. Pedroia, Bogarts, Betts, Hanley. And I think I might even uh leave Benintendi so down you there. Keep Benny seven, eight, in that in that bottom third. Uh, you talk about taking yeah. pressure off somebody, you take some pressure off of him too. The two spot, man, that's, 
That 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 could be a Maybe lot I, for a twenty-two-year-old. Yeah, I think so. And and, and uh, if you put him ninth, the the you know you may not believe in protecting or whatever, but um, if you put him ninth, Pedroia's after him, and Pedroia still has enough, uh, at least on base ability, that you know no no team is going to be like, okay, we're just going to walk uh, Benintendi to to pitch to Pedroia. I don't think exactly. Uh, if you put Benintendi eighth ahead of Pablo or Mitch Moreland or the catcher, then they might do that. And I know it's not something that shows up much in the numbers, but it's just too powerful a thing. You have to you have to believe it. It figures in the pitchers up there. They know who's Absolutely. next. Oh, of course. You know they know they know what Benintendi can do. They know what Christian Vasquez can do. So, you know, there's I don't I don't I can understand why it's hard to find in the numbers because each pitcher might react differently. Well, one pitcher might throw fastballs. One pitcher might throw more breaking balls. One pitcher might be in the zone more. One pitcher might nibble more. You know, there's different ways to react to knowing who's in the next, who's up next. But you know who's up next. So I think Benintendi nine and you know Leon and eighth and uh, the rest of it kind of fills in. You know Sandoval and uh, Moreland there. You know seven eight six seven and uh, yeah, that's what I would do. I like it. We'll actually talk a little bit more about Sandoval in a moment. But first. How does Rick Porcello follow up the Cy Young season? There's got to be some regression. I, I don't know that I go as far as some of the projections because he did he did pull a trick that's kind of important, which is that he he finally found that that great mix of the four seam and the two seam, where he was able to throw the four seam enough to command it and uh, and not too much so that nobody was expecting it. So he definitely got a lot of called strikes on the four-seam late, swinging strikes on the four-seam late, and that gave him a swinging strike thing to go with his uh, his slider and, and curveball and change. So I, I feel like um, in some ways he's uh, projection systems are missing that. But um, So I give him more like a 3-7. Uh, 1-3-7-1-1-8 one, 3-7 ERA 1-1-8 one, one, whip So you don't see Close Porcello to, stealing another yeah, Cy Young? No Oh, oh stealing You heard me, you heard me. Salty over here Let me pull my Justin Verlander jersey away for a moment <sighs> Very <laughs> very yes it doesn't affect me in any way shape or form but i am very bitter yes uh also a little but, bit you know some ways it's the match natural maturation of a pitcher right i mean this guy does have four pitches uh five pitches now and he's finding a good mix this is why starting pitchers that have more pitches do better as well, they that, get older that's so. probably another thing that i'm a little bit bitter about with regards to Porcello is that I was always beating the drum about this guy's better than these these mid-fours ERAs that he keeps putting up in Detroit because I'd watch him for 30 starts a season like there's a lot here and even when Boston signed that deal I was like that that's not a bad deal the 483 like he's gonna be good and then of course he was awful in in 15 <laughs> and I'm like oh you know what Maybe it's maybe I'm wrong on this guy. And then he and then he goes out and wins a Cy Young and robs it from my boy Verlander. But you know what? I do like Porcello. Um, I do worry though. He was just a little bit too predictable back in Detroit. If you look at it, that's when he was throwing a sinker forty five percent of the time. And just and, going for the you know uh, I think people just going outside corner and people were just reaching like sort of. Would, 
you know, hanging over the plate on actually, him. I mean, he was going for contact, just going for the ground ball contact. And like, right. it's not like you have to strike guys out, but you also don't have to lay it in there for the contact either. And he right, had right. some swing and miss stuff that he, he kind of refused to unleash too. So I, I, I agree. Porcello has altered his game. I think he's going to be good. Here's the thing though, you know, I don't think I'm going to have a single share of him because I think that Cy Young is going to push his cost up to a level that I'm just not comfortable paying. I'm not paying yeah, the 107th yeah. pick off the board for Rick Porcello. I'm just not. Give me some uh, would you okay, rather. Okay, let me give you some guys right around there. Um, just a couple guys right after him. Danny Duffy. Would you rather? Yeah, Duffy rather, or Purcell? rather Danny Okay, Duffy. would you rather? Um, he's ailing, but I think his ceiling is markedly higher. Garrett Cole. Yeah. Yeah, I think I might take Garrett Cole. The only reason I wouldn't take Garrett Cole is if it maybe is ale only. Oh, yeah, ale only. <laughs> whoa, so, whoa, 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 whoa. Definitely, definitely. You're telling me. <laughs> that you would take Rick Porcello over Garrett Cole and AL only. You know what? Listen, I thought you, no. you, your new beer job has taken you off your game. You don't know what the hell you're talking about. I would definitely take Garrett Cole in an AL only <laughs> over Rick Porcello. You're nuts. <laughs> uh, it's it's not a good comp- comparison, but I meant if – I guess if floor was more important than okay. ceiling. Um, here's one that's actually – There might be some more floor there for Porcello, but I think in general, yes. Th- those, those first couple are, are pretty much right by him, so they're going ahead of him just as much as they're going behind him when you really uh, probably look at drafts. Let's get a little bit deeper here. Danny Salazar is going a good 30 picks later. I would take – I would especially if I could wait around, I'd take you Salazar. wait two rounds basically. You're talking about yeah, almost yeah, 30 picks later. Um, okay, two more. Also, you know, where he's being picked is a lot of times where I get a closer. So exactly. It's, just, weird, it's, it's just not going to work out for me this year with, with Porcello, and it's not I'm not carrying over bitterness because of the stupid Cy Young. I just, I'm not going to pay that price because he, I think he was inflated. Uh, he's going to be inflated by the award uh, and the big season. Of course, being in Boston, there's a little bit of a Boston and, and New York tax that, w- that we know happens in, in fantasy, and I think he's uh, paying it. Um, would you take Rich Hill at pick 135 over Porcello at pick 107? God, the inning. Yeah, that, and, and especially with someone like Porcello because he's shown himself to be a pretty solid workhorse. Like he's never thrown fewer. Well, one time he's thrown fewer than 170 in the last three years. He's thrown over 200 two different times, including 223 last year. So, I mean, he is really on that other end of Rich Hill innings wise. So you're going for yeah. 120 elite innings or 200 solid strong innings. The shallower the league, um, way more towards ten, Hill. Ten then I know you go Hill. If I DL Hill, I can go get a Porcello. Exactly. Type. Try to get the next Porcello. So yeah, the the only sliding scale here that, that changes, I would, would I would take all the guys we've named except, you know, it might get a little closer with Hill and in where's Hill again? He Dodgers. So it's it, it's funny we're not it's not lining up for me to say in AL <laughs> only, but you know, okay, twenty in a twenty team mixed league, I might take Porcello over Hill because. When you go on the wire for that league, it, it doesn't I, look good. I agree there. Yeah. When you start getting deep, if you are in one of those mega mixers, uh, it does, it does become a lot different. What about, uh, Fulmer at pick 142? Well, you know, a lot of people don't agree with me on this one. I'm really into Fulmer and I, I know, I know you're going to say you agree because go on. Go on. Good, <laughs> no. sir. Here's, here's the thing. 
he was a fastball slider guy who was looking and for a changeup. Found he found it. the changeup. He got and fell in love with the changeup. He got a lot of ground balls. It was great for him. He got weak contact. It worked for him in a thing in in one year. And so projection systems are like, oh look, he came to major leagues. He got seven and a half K per nine. All our projections are gonna give him basically eight K per nine, even though. You know, if you took that year out, they might even have given him more yep. K for nine, you know, because he he was striking out a lot of guys in minor league. So my prediction is that he basically doesn't necessarily repeat. There's going to be some regression because that's a really good uh, year, but that he earns his stats more. So basically, he throws the slider more often. He gets more strikeouts. And the shape of his performance is a little different. But in the end, you're still talking about 3-3 to 3-5 ERA, you know, 1.15 type whip. I think more than eight strikeouts per nine. Uh, good command. And the only question for me is health because he's had some, some bumps and some wiggles barks. there in yeah, the some, past. Some, 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 some nagging, some barks there. Um, listen, I can be objective about the, about, about my Tigers. I, re- I really can, but I completely agree with you here. And the, and the main aspect I agree with you is that strikeout rate. I think he is going to be undersold by projections because he went out and put a 20% up last year, which is solid, but unspectacular. And I do think there is 25% potential here. You know, he got 159 innings. That's another spot too, is the innings. If he does stay healthy, we're looking at 185 innings. So you're getting 25 more innings. It's going to be a worse ERA, like you say. I agree with you there. He's going to be more of a 350, 370. Um, you said even could be 330. So in that range. Honestly, the thing of it is, folks, 330 to 375 is just not that different uh, uh, when you look at it over 180 innings. But I think the – He's going to have more strikeouts. Exactly. I think the ERA difference uh, that he is going to give back for Fulmer, he's going to make up in strikeouts, and he could make it up substantially. Uh we're talking about a guy with a 95 mile an hour fastball and a, disgusting and a devastating finger changeup, and then the slider was his his elite pitch yep. coming up. And, and that slider just, or, and that changeup, like you said, just really came came about um, about six starts into the season. That's what that's what thrust him into uh, his rookie of the year. It, it's exactly what he credits it to, and it was, um, I believe he said McCann. And I don't know if he said Verlander or if it was another pitcher on the team that said, you got to throw the change up more, dude. Uh, you just got to trust it. And it was a, a start against Tampa Bay where he threw it a whole bunch. I think he had. It just started getting better right after immediately. that. Just started just more movement. And I think he, he, I think he also probably got some coaching that was like, cause what I see is the gap wasn't, you know, very impressive, but the movement got better. I think some people's change ups benefit from. Soon, too many pitchers up there going like, "Oh, I really need to, you know, work on my velocity gap." When you know, maybe they have more of like a Felix Greinke change, where it's like, "No, just throw the heck out of it, get a lot of movement. The arm arm speed will sell it." And uh, and uh, that's that's really when he when he showed what he exactly. was worth. Exactly, uh, Felix only has like a three three mile per hour difference now, and his his fastball sucks, but his changeup is still really good. Despite uh, very little change in in the actual speed difference there, and so you know, Fulmer is at least working with seven to nine miles per hour, depending on uh, uh, when he's throwing it. So yeah, I, I agree there too. I, I will take Fulmer, pick one forty two versus pick one hundred five, or excuse me, one hundred seven for Porcello. So we're not going crazy for Porcello. We're not trying to say he's going to suck. I just think that the cost is not going to be something that either of us are willing to pay, uh, particularly because as you mentioned, I'm right, I'm right there with you, by the way. I like to get the super stud, um, the super stud closers and 
they're still going to be going right around there. You, you know, maybe get a Ken Giles or an Edwin Diaz or Roberto Osuna around there. And ooh, I would take Diaz over over Priscilla for sure. Ken Giles is a little bit of, you know, he hasn't you know blown the doors off forever. But yeah, I might take him miles, uh, Giles, especially if I could if I could take. You know, maybe I could take two closers and then come back to for not to Porcello to Salazar or something. Yep. You know, I, I'm I'm willing. I I think there's a a general thing that like, yeah, there's injury risk and yeah, there's some guys who have more injury risk than other guys. But I don't I I don't think that I necessarily. This may shock some people. I don't know that I necessarily think that I know who's going to be hurt. More I, I I'm with you, right? We have the one indicator of <laughs> previous injury, which we can use, but it's not surefire. And I think sometimes that is thrown around like it's surefire. Well, the best indicator is previous injury, so he's going to be hurt this year. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Chill out. There's still guys who you know. There's still guys who have good years and 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 get healthy. Yeah, it, you know, it, sometimes it, sometimes they need some time off. It just increases and... the percentage. It doesn't make it surefire exactly so no i'm 100 percent with you and when you put it in the context of somebody like salazar i'm still gonna bet on that talent his arm is ridiculous his talent is still there to maybe salazar has some of the yeah yeah i want the talent when he's in especially especially in these in these shallow leagues right like because you're like what you're saying you want the talent to be great when they're in and then, then give me a shot at the waiver wire. I love going to the waiver wire. I'll fix so, it if, if he goes out. Uh, I mean, I'll, I'll do my best. I hate going to waiver wire. I hate going to waiver wire for like my slugger. Uh, exactly. <laughs> but I love going to the waiver wire for a pitcher, especially since if you're listening to this, we're tracking all those little minute changes that pitchers are making that change, uh, that change a pitcher, a pitcher's sort of true talent level in, in season. Yep. Right. We're, we're, we can see, oh, that dude's, like, Fulmer's changeup just changed. So let's, let's jump you know, on him now. Okay. Uh, James yeah, Paxton yeah, so. just changed massively. He had his three miles per hour and control. And his slot just is totally different. That's gonna be, that's a lot easier to do in season, uh, than it is to be like, well, you know, this guy's doing a toe tap. Eduardo now. Nunez is gonna go 16 homers and 40 stolen bases. I knew it in, in right. May. I knew, I knew in it, May, man. cause, Exactly. You know, so, we we so, just don't uh, we don't know hitting mechanics the way we we feel confident that we do pitching mechanics and pitch types. Uh, so conversely, well, conversely, the projection systems are better for hitters. Exactly. So you don't so, have to be uh, as you 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 buy you you spend your more money. I still firmly believe you spend your more money on the place that is better projected. Uh, we know more about on the hitting. And you take your chances with high variance guys on the pitching staff, guys like Fulmer and Salazar. You do, you take those guys and you, and Porcello is the kind of guy you find on the waiver wire later because it's going to be Tanner Roark or it's going to be the next Tanner yep. Roark. It's going to be some guy who comes up and throws a sinker and gets a 370 ERA and, and, uh, and can be fine for innings, but his head is fine and I'm not making a light of it. I'm I, saying I, if he's healthy. He can do that. Yeah. He can have that season. There's, there's, there's all sorts of sort of down, uh, down ballot, uh, starting pitchers that, that can be interesting that way, that can be oh, useful. Yeah, so, Let's get back to the Red Sox. Got one more question for you, then we'll cover uh, a couple targets that we like and don't like. Is there anything left for Pablo Sandoval? I've been of the opinion, before I let you answer, that, uh, he, he can't be done, but then I went and kind of, I looked and I, I questioned myself on it because I was like, you know what? His last full season, 
wasn't even that great in twenty in twenty fourteen. He had two seventy nine with sixteen homers. I know power was down in twenty fourteen, and so maybe just coming back. And if he is that that same hitter of like a a, a one eleven OPS plus whatever that is in in, in today's uh, era, maybe that's nineteen to twenty homers. It wasn't that special though. I, I thought. I thought his last flourish with San Francisco was a little bit better. And I know he's been terrible with Boston. I was like, there's just no way he's completely done. I know we've seen the pictures circulating of him slimmed down. The fact is, I, I've taken a shot already. I, I took him in the last round of a draft uh, already. And I'm not afraid to, to take a gamble and say, you know what, I'll bet on this in the in the 20-something round. And if it doesn't work, I don't care. But how viable do you think it is that, uh, that Pablo Sandoval – is their everyday third baseman? I mean, they traded away Travis Shaw. Does that give you some confidence? What's left for Pablo Sandoval at age three? Well, they invited Raphael Devers to Big spring prospect. training, and and he's probably not going to take it right away. And you know, they're going to start with with uh, with Sandoval. But I think that does suggest that they want Devers to play against big leaguers. They want him to come to camp and get mm-hmm. ready. They want him to possibly be ready for when Pablo gets hurt because the one thing about oh cats cats did something. <laughs> All right. Um, anyway, so they, they want Pablo Sandoval is going to get hurt. The thing about being big like he is is that you don't stay on the field. You, you when you hit the DH uh, when you hit the DL you go on the DL longer, um, and that's what we're seeing. We're seeing it play out. You know he's he he was hurt all all year, so you know Pablo's gonna. Start the season as a full year, and if he if he has a good year health wise, I think he can play the whole year. The problem for me is that I think he slots in somewhere around the 18th or 19th best third baseman. Third base has some depth this year, by the way. I mean, he's not going to hit 271 with 20 homers and you know 170 runs plus RBI like Matt Carpenter. And Matt Carpenter was 16th last year. Wow, that put him all the way down to 16th. Uh, yeah, God, so damn. Eugenio Suarez hit two forty eight with twenty one homers and eleven stolen say, bases. Stole a few bases too, and he's so, going here we go. Danny Valencia, two eighty seven with seventeen homers, seventy two runs, fifty one RBI. That would be a good outcome for Pablo Sandoval. Twentieth. I agree. Twentieth. By the way, he's being he's being you know. drafted after Pablo Sandoval's going after Valencia substantially so. And the guy um, who he's replacing, Travis Shaw, out in Milwaukee. And so, you know, the market is saying you can have him for free. He's the 30th third baseman off the board at pick 358. The highest he's gone is pick 250. Uh, so there's just not a lot of love out there for Sandoval. Are you going to get any shares, do you think? I might in a uh, in AL only. Because what about top NL only? Would you NL draft only. him? Or, or, I, I would, yeah, definitely. He's him or Garrett Cole. No, um, <laughs> definitely Garrett Cole for third base. <laughs> just, just want to hang a big zero on my. It's third better base. than maybe um, getting a, a, a one ten average. Yeah, all right. Um, in an AL only uh, situation, let's let's. I think it changes a little bit. We got Donaldson is yep. clear class. Machado's going to play short. I mean, right. So let's take him uh, out. I'll push back a little bit on there. I think that short. uh, No, I mean on a fantasy. No, I'm saying it's either or. Really, I Uh, I I think there's uh a situation. Well, keep going in AL. I I I say I would just want to not warn you. I just want to suggest maybe don't 
instantly think that he's shortstop. Uh, because I think the, you kind of, the beauty of getting Machado is that you can kind of let the draft come to you at that point in the middle of the rounds. And if, if a shortstop falls that you love, then you take him and you, and you put, uh, you know, maybe, maybe you still believe in Tulo, which I'm a sucker. I kind of do. Um, and, and you get Tulo at pick 165. He falls off of his current ADP and then you slot. Well, that, that's mixed league, by the way. I know we're talking AL only, but whatever the comparable would be for that, that, that Tulo falls, right, then right. you slot him over. So I'm just saying it's not guaranteed that, that it would necessarily. I think, I think it's a little bit more guaranteed in an AL only situation where it's position scarcity that's, gets that, worse. That's fair. That's fair. So let, let uh, you know, sorry for derailing you. So let me just, going. let me just. I'm going to count him out and I'm going to, I'm counting how many, uh, how many third basemen in AL I would want over him. I'm not going okay. to count Machado just, just for the benefit of this. Donaldson, Valtry, Seeger, Frazier, Mongo. I've got five. Jose Ramirez, six. Bregman. Bregman, seven. Um, Moose. Now we're starting to get into some questions, but I think we're still steadily. Okay, Moose. Moose. Our boy Moose, Healy. Eight. By the way, can we yeah, talk about Ryan Healy? I, I have not said word one about him this off season. Uh, no one, no one knows that we like him. <laughs> Nick Castellanos. No. Yeah. Okay. What do you mean? What okay, do you mean? No. Yes. Yeah. 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 But but I think it actually gets close there. I mean, Nick Castellanos last year had two eighty five with eighteen homers. Well, that's what that's what we're so, saying is Pablo's upside though. Right. But I yes. really am so, going to bat for the time. I, I am being a homer today. But we get to that was that was ten, right? So your your Pablo Pablo is at, at eleven. He's gonna that means so he's gonna cost uh, uh is Sano actually gonna be available? Um Sano I think is outfield only, right? I'm looking how many bands forty two. Okay. Okay. Uh so I would take Sano over Pablo. So we're talking about uh a situation where I might wait. On a third baseman, I might I'm try to skimp you, on a third baseman. Depth. I might try to buy if I if I got one of Castellanos, uh, Pablo, and maybe try to get two. Maybe your util or your, your corner infielder is a third baseman instead yep. of a first baseman. Maybe you get two of Castellanos, uh, Pablo, and Healy. What about and Gurriel? Oh, no, I think. And Sano, yes, yeah, yeah. Sano. Uh, I think that's uh, that's pretty interesting. I think Moncada. What's going to happen for me is that I don't trust him to get a job out of spring I'm with training. You personally, I just p- pointed him out because he he's he, somebody will pay like five Correct. bucks for him and then go to the waiver wire and try to play that They'll game. Get Valencia, uh, or something. I don't really love that game. I, I know that Chris List does it every year. He always buys the Moncada type It'll because be if everything breaks right, then you win because you've got the Mike Trout coming up in the halfway exactly. point or whatever exactly. it is, you know. It does. I understand it. I. It's just. It, I'm too risk averse for that. I just. I. I, I want to have a guy starting on week one that actually plays his, in the major league. His leagues. theory behind <laughs> it, uh, or at least part of the theory, is no one cares who finishes second in that league, though. Um, let alone right. sixth, seventh, or eighth. So. He's he's going for the yeah. gusto there. Last year it was a lot of Byron Buxton shares, and I think you're right. <clears throat> Excuse me. This year it'll be a lot of Moncada shares, where he's trying to capture that that stud. I'd rather I'd rather pay a little bit for Sano. I mean, Sano I think uh, is an adjustment away from you know two fifty. I'm not 30. even a huge Sano guy, and I agree with you. 
Right. So, and then he's going to play all year, whereas Moncada's like, I don't, I really don't. Think I know that. that so, anyway, so if I got, I would, I'd like an idea of like, if I got Sano and Pablo, I think it's a good pairing too for batting average too. So, if I got Sano and Pablo, I would want to pay maybe like eight bucks to ten bucks for the two okay. of them, but I could come out of that with a combined, you know, two sixty, two seventy average, and you know. 50 maybe homers? 50 homers yeah. you know and that's uh, for 10 bucks we're talking al only, by the way folks just for those yeah uh, i think in in daily you're, these are bench picks and i think pablo then just doesn't have the upside to be a bench pick even in 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 a mixed in a mixed uh daily redraft i just what are you gonna when are you gonna play him and and uh who are you gonna play him over and if you're gonna put someone on your bench put some no on your bench yeah what's what's the real upside if you're taking him in a 12 team mixer or even necessarily, like I said, the 15 team I was in, it was the last pick. I just, honestly, it was kind of like a, let, I want somebody to ask me about Pablo Sandoval. And that's why I took him. There were plenty of, I mean, there were, there were (laughs) options like, he's not on my notes. No, no, no. He was just in a group of, he looks good again. He looks good again. Oh, he looks great. Yeah, so I think there's, uh, I think there's an opportunity for him to be worth something. I just, you know, to me it's like util, uh, in, in, in AL onlys and, um, and then, you know, I don't think he's really a, a I just don't, guy. I just don't know that he's going to get back up over 320 homers, something he's done twice, but not since 2011. Yeah, you know, the league went past him on the homers thing, where twenty is now not even like, not even great, right? Yeah, it's like, oh, cool, you hit twenty. So did Freddie Galvis, okay? <laughs> Someone, how how often do you Freddie, think this happened Freddie. in arbitration hearing this year? Agent slides over, hey man, my guy hit twenty homers. So did Freddie Galvis. We'll offer two million. Get the hell out of our office. <laughs> he hit twenty four homers. We're asking for nine mil. You can have a mill and a half, Freddie Galvis, buy, and they just – every guy that comes – Freddie Galvis, get out of here. We're undercutting you by three mil, Freddie Galvis. Uh, all right, I got a few yeah. questions for you, and we'll get you out of here. Who's your favorite target on Boston yeah. at, at, at their current cost uh, or, or thereabouts, obviously? We, we know that it will change. I wonder how much um... – the excitement is going to be around Benintendi and the, oh, he's old and, uh, and washed up and we shouldn't go get Hanley. Uh, there's going to be, I think Hanley's the type of guy that people will stay away from and Benintendi is the kind of guy that people will flock to. And I'm not at all certain that, at least in terms of fantasy numbers, that Benintendi is going to have Hanley's numbers. I, I think you're a million percent right on that. I think that applies more to home leagues than it does to uh, sharper leagues, which uh, which is what I would call the NFBC. I'm not even necessarily talking industry leagues. I'm saying like the NFBC. I think they're in on Hanley. They they believe they saw what he did last year. They saw what he did in April of of 15 before running into the wall, and they're like, this is a guy who should be a good if health can sustain. And obviously, it's a question mark. It's an open question mark with Hanley, but they're willing to bet on him. He's going as the 86th pick overall, so I think that they're showing some love for him. But I think in your home drafts uh, of a mixed league, he's going to go 20 picks after that. And I'm, you know, I, I would love any triple digit uh, cost of Hanley Ramirez. I am all over. 
If he's in yeah. after pick 100, I am taking that all day, every day. I'm, I'm with you there. And your point about Benintendi, uh, I, I 100% agree with too. I, we love the bat. You, you've, you've really gushed on the bat and said that you fully believe in it, but I think he might have a 400 OBP. 100 pick 138 says he's got to perform right away. And he's going. And he's got to steal bases with, you know, eight stolen bases in 15 tries in double A does not mean you're going to steal bases in the major leagues. You know, how much is Boston really going to steal? ACL injury. How much is he going to steal in front of Droya or in front of, yeah, depending on where he bats. The the sluggers. So is he your stay away then based on cost? Uh, you know, I don't want to say that because then people will be like, oh, I'm going to trade him away in my dynasty. No, 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 no. We're not them. saying that. No, this all is hands, draft you know, situation. Don't, no one gets your toy. Yeah, uh, at 130, um, I'm picking Danny Salazar, you know? Yes. Uh, not a, not a, a guy who might hit 280 and 15 homers in the outfield. Yeah, not a guy know? that has 34 games so. under his belt and he's going to be 22 years old. Like we, I love the long term for Benintendi. I just coming off a leg injury. I just might yeah, not be yeah. there right away. Um, okay, who's? I guess he's might stay away. Do I have another stay away? Sandy Leone. Oh no! Don't buy no, that. No, I hype. do not yeah. believe. No, I do not. Believe. I, I don't either. Uh, I, I come on. What was he like? Thirty-two, and he just I came out of nowhere and like dominated. We're, yeah, we're kind of Porcello. Oh yeah, I guess, I guess that's. Uh, I'll take. I should. I should. Real quick, Eduardo Rodriguez, Ed, I liked him and I've disliked him. I've liked him. I like him. Ed Rod hurt his knee Wait, again. What? Yeah, he hurt his knee again. You mean in the offseason? So, yeah. <gasps> oh, that sucks. Yeah. I did not know that. He was pitching in like the Dominican leagues and he did something to his knee. It's a, the, the note on his thing says he'll be 100% for spring, that but before. that's the knee. That's the knee. That's the knee that was the problem. So he's kind of a stay away. If I'm going to do a late uh, guy in that Pomerantz. rotation, it's yep. Pomerantz for me because he's got good strikeout ability. Uh, the projections have him giving up a lot of homers. If he can cut those homers at all, then even the projections have him at 386 with nine strikeouts for for nine. That's yeah. I'm, that's I'm with you there. I did that's not fine. know that about uh, old Ed Rod, and so that that is that that is uh, rough. That's rough. Off the radar. Maybe maybe Pomerantz qualifies for that. Let me see where he's going. He could be your off the radar guy if his if his pick is late enough here. Let's see. He's going two hundred and third, fifty fourth off good. the board. Anybody deeper that you like? Do you like uh what do you think of like a Stephen Wright? Do you believe that anybody will challenge Kimbrell? Stephen Wright, I did a query on this. Stephen Wright had the lowest in zone contact rate in baseball wow. last year. Yeah, I thought that, that was pretty, pretty surprising. surprising. I mean, that that means if he can throw it to the zone, then, you know, he can have success. He's coming off injury, too. I might do something weird like, say, Tyler Thornburg. Um, closes get injured. Kate Krimble has not had, like, a 100% uh, clean slate with that, with that regard. He's, looked, he's um, looked a little... You know, Joe Kelly's, Joe Kelly's listed as, as the guy, but um, I don't know. Maybe maybe I just say Thornburg and Kelly as as my sort of deep deep uh, off the radar. Particularly in AL only because you but, can only pay a dollar or two to be your last pitcher. Yeah, and that you could sneak tip get some saves if something happens to Kimbrel. You know, not that they would take him out of the yeah. role necessarily, but like you're saying, injury perhaps. You know, Kimbrel's now been around for a while, and a lot of times, you know, there are plenty of closers who are 
you know, for the long haul where they, they, they hold up in their sides, but, but many others burn bright and fast. Right. And they, and, and there's also, there's also the question of like, can you actually get that setup guy for a dollar? Cause the guy, Cody and Andrew Miller, you're not getting the, the setup guy exactly. for a dollar. Uh, Dylan Vitanz is the role as Chapman. You're not getting the setup guy for a dollar. I don't know that. Um, I don't even think, yeah, I don't know that you get like a Will I, Harris or Brad for a Brock. Or I don't know that you, you necessarily do. get for a dollar in an AL only behind. I, I have no qualms with Britain whatsoever, but I think people are, are going to want yeah. Brad Brock just because of what he did last year. Right. Then Vincent, they may get Nick Vincent or Steve Sishek for a dollar behind Edwin Diaz, but Edwin Diaz is young and, and should should hold up and really dope. So I, I mean, I you know. Kimbrell then comes in at nine on our depth charts. So now you're starting to, you know, Kimbrell, Britain, can you get a, a guy for a dollar behind them? Probably. So they're not necessarily my number one picks for a dollar in AL only. Um, my number one picks for a dollar in AL only are probably Nate Jones and Matt Bush. I like it. But again, then, then you're talking about guys that are interesting to people that I, might I cost more I think Nate Jones dollar, will. So. I don't know that many believe in, in David Robertson. That's assuming he doesn't get traded, of course, which could still happen. Right. But I think if he, if David Robertson does come in, uh, as the closer, everyone, you know, any, any article that you see in April and May about 10 guys who could get traded, he's going to be on that list for sure. And, and the, the fantasy right. advice is going to be get Nate Jones. So I, I think Nate Jones will right. actually cost you a couple bucks. I'll be willing to pay it. But, uh, yeah, that's, that's where somebody like Thornburg, just because people might not be on him, they might see Kimbrell as completely entrenched and not, not worrisome. That's where you can maybe get Thornburg for a buck. All right. Uh, and then, you know, the angel situation, oh, you, they're all going to yep. cost like three bucks. You just, you can throw three bucks at one of those guys, but it's going to be a shot in the dark. I like Bailey, always hurt. Houston Street, sucky and hurt. Cam Bedrosian, young, good and hurt. Love so. hurt guys. Sweet. You know, take your picks. Give, give, yeah. me, give me all those hurt relievers. That's the one thing I want is a hurt reliever. <laughs> We've already talked about two of their big prospects. Uh, ben Attendee, of course, is still a prospect, and Raphael Devers is going to be in spring training. Are there any other um, of their of their top prospects, guys like, well, I think Jason Groom is very young. He's not close. Sam Travis, uh, Brian Johnson, a left-handed starter, Michael Chavis, Anybody that's in kind of their top 10 area that you could see as an impact this year, or are they kind of too set to where even if they had a big injury that created the spot, they would oh, go, they, they would go do it. They, they would go make a move. They cleaned it out. They cleaned it out. They I mean, really they, they're, that is so dumb. Just, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's so amazing. It's so quick. It's like, what? Oh, now it's not it's, so it's, great. <laughs> I mean, I do think that they have some young, For interesting the next guys, prop. and they, yes. they're doing a good job still drafting. Yeah, like, um, yeah, definitely groom. I think that they they did well there, um, and and so, uh, although I heard something about uh, people actually spreading those rumors on purpose to affect the draft really? star. because they got him at uh, twelve, and and he anyway. there was talk of him at as a potential one one. I, that's where I, that's where I don't love baseball. You know, that, 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 that thing that happened with St. Louis. Come on, man. That is, that, that person yeah, oh, should have gone I mean, to jail. That, and then, you know, not as, not as bad in terms of having to go to jail, but the, the stuff with the Padres. But the Padres, yeah, man. Yeah, that's that sort too of far. stuff. I, I can't, I can't get behind far. it. I can't. You are cheating. You yeah, are yeah, cheating. You're, you're flat out being, being I, 
uh, crappy to your competitors. I don't care. You can talk your way around it and say, oh, well, everyone has two two sheets and this and that. I don't know, man. And it's it's uh, it, it, it's like this protected little zone. You know, people think it's oh, it's just a game. We're just it's just baseball. We're just trying to do the best to win the game or whatever. Dollar business. The business and you you broke the rules anyway uh devers i do think is really interesting and uh like uh, he's not super close i mean he's still uh how old is he he's oh still God, super 1996. young and they, um but he's coming to, he's coming to spring you know i think maybe by next year he's i was gonna say 18 is his so eta be, but you know like these days you look at an eta and you can you can follow it but you have to mentally prepare yourself but for it, it to be a year earlier. Earlier. All of them. Like if he goes to double A, he comes to spring training, plays well against yep. adults, goes to double A and, and does well in double A. And then Pablo Sandoval gets hurt and it's like a year ending hurt, like blows out his Achilles or something. Then Josh what Butledge. are they going to do? Like Sam Travis is not a third. They're not going to go the rest of the season with, with, uh, with, uh, Chavis is 21. Uh, it's just not as good of a prospect. Maybe you rush the not as good prospect, but I doubt it. I think you, I think you'd see what Devers will do. Um, Sam Travis to me is a, is going to be okay. up and down. He's just going to be up and down. He's going to be up when Hanley's hurt, maybe, you know, up and down. And if then, Moreland gets uh, hurt. you know, barely okay, in baseball. Oh, breaking news. I was wrong about the Orioles. Who'd they get? Who'd they get? Mark Oh, Trumbo. they're going back to the well with their own guy. Okay. Going back to the Baltimore Orioles, three years, All 40 right. million. Listen, not much changes, right, because it's a re-signing. But uh, briefly, briefly, we, we're, we're done talking Boston here. I think that uh, Devers is really the only one who could maybe make an impact. Honestly, I think if, if too many holes open up, they would just trade the rest of these guys and get other major league pieces. So I just don't think there's a lot of <laughs> yeah. prospect here. Not to rush it, but I just I, I really don't think there's going to be a lot outside of Benintendi. So quickly on Trumbo, how much do you believe in what, what he did last year? Because I kept waiting for the other shoe to drop. And the shoe dropped on my face because it, it, it never happened. And he hit 47 homers uh, with a passable 256 average and 108, a career-high 108 ribbies, career-high 94 runs. Is he doing it again, or is he falling back to kind of the guy that we see where he's good for three months, bad for three months? Where are, we, where are you with Mark Trumbo at age 31 going back to Baltimore? I believe in his launch angle improvements. I believe in – the things he changed, and uh, uh, okay. I believe in him. Uh, let me get fun. his ADP really fast and ask you if you're going to take him at that pick, and then we will get out of here. Mark Trumbo is currently going as the 15th outfielder off the board, pick 61, squished in between Yelich and Cespedes just ahead of him, Desmond and Cargo just behind him. You comfortable with that? Uh, Yelich and Cespedes just ahead of him, Desmond and Cargo just behind mm -hmm. him. And they're all with between pick 56 and pick 66. Yeah. So that's a 10 pick span where five outfielders are going. I don't know if he's going to hit 47 again. So maybe that's paying a little bit for, for, for past, uh, results. Back of the napkin projection. But... What do you think? Do you agree with projections or, or do you, do you go away from them? A little? I'm actually pulling them up. I don't know what they put them down for here. Hang on. They have them down for 30, uh, it's 32, 30, and 31 between depth chart, steamer, and fans. So we'll just say 
Uh, I'll go over on that. I mean, I don't think those have been updated for That's Baltimore. True. And, um, and I, like I said, I, I saw launch angle improvements. So I, I'll say he hit 35 homers. Uh, 90, 90 on the runs, you know, 35 to 37. That, that includes re- regression, but is still useful. Um, I think he's really settled in. I mean, he's actually pretty, not not a metronome, but like two fifty three ten is that that's his that's thing. his yeah, true that's, talent. That's, that's Trumbo. That's, that's Trumbo. Thing. So uh, that's you know it's it's flawed. And but I have him in like um, I have him in in ESPN. Like I have him in an on base percentage league, and actually I feel fine playing him. It's not you know obviously he's not as valuable as he could be in other leagues, but um, you know there's still there's still a lot it of power is, there. It's two fifty. And 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 three fifteen are they equivalent between about average and OBP or is he a little bit worse? Yeah, I think okay. they're about the same. Yeah, no, I think that's about the same. I mean, the average batting average is uh, well, actually, I think it's a little bit worse than OBP because in batting average, I think the average batting average for the league is around two sixty, but the average on three, on base percentage 20, might be okay, closer yeah, to that, twenty. That's what I thought. Plus, with a with an OBP, does it does it matter that there there's a, a bigger denominator since it's Plate appearances as opposed to at bats, or does that not really matter? Oh, interesting. Since it's, so it could be like a bigger uh, there's impact. A, there's a little bit of uh, 278 BABIP with with uh, good X velocity and launch angles. Uh, you know, there's maybe a little bit some there. Any chance but, that um, as he ages now, he's going to be 31. Trumbo is. Does he start to maybe take more walks? Is there a chance that he could be a 10% guy, or is no, it just not his game? Because uh, I think you've talked. I think aggression. Yeah, you've talked well, about how he. Needs- Gets too he's, impatient, uh, right? He, yeah, and he's he's bad when he's patient. You know, uh, it, it had it, his highest walk rate was also his highest strikeout rate. He just doesn't get into good counts. I think he needs to he needs to focus on up and not up and in, but like in and okay. over the plate, uh, not in and over the over the plate and up. That's what he needs to focus on. And if he is patient, then he's not swinging at that. You know, what he needs to do is be aggressive on those and just really look for his pitch. So I think that was part of what he did. All right. Year, so, so uh, anyway, I, I actually, it's funny. I pre-wrote uh, a Trumbo piece when I was at the, uh, at the, at the, uh, winter meetings. Oh, you were, you were ready and hoping I, that he would sign. Yeah. <laughs> so is, is it, is yeah, it evergreen? Right. Is it still going to work? Yeah, yeah, because it's all just quotes from him and and launch angle stuff. So I'll just so I'll go in there. So the work is already done. It. So you're free tomorrow. But I, Sweet. But when I got to when I got to Park Factors, I was like, at the time, I thought he might sign with oh, uh, man, Colorado. We're all so go crazy. Like, I thought it was like either Colorado or Seattle. So I was like, well, I better stop. Yeah, because, that's, because those could not be more diverse. Even with <laughs> yeah. Safeco getting a little bit neutral, obviously, it's nothing compared to Coors. <laughs> The paragraphs would be different. So in this case, I can just be, and he's going back to where he came. So one last thing on, <laughs> on Trumbo, uh, cause as I mentioned, you know, between the two, Chris Davis is much more capable outfielder. Do you think that Trumbo can get his, uh, first base eligibility back or is this just a, uh, he's, he's the DH for, yeah, that's, that's the one thing that I don't, I don't like. I needed him to get his first base eligibility back in one league. And so now I need to, uh, now I have, uh, Valbuena. <laughs> Poor Trey Mancini. Bad news. Bad news for him. You're not. You're not randomly starting for no reason. It's also bad news for his wins above replacement because Trumbo would get a boost if he were to play first because he's been like a plus five. He's a solid first baseman defender, but it looks like he's going to do mostly DHing. He should get first base probably in the season though, right? You figure Davis gets off his feet, you know, with with some regularity too. They can kind of rotate there. 
I mean, it's the kind of thing where you get the five and the ten, you know, in season. There's leagues where you, if you get to five and ten starts in season, then you get the eligibility. He'll get that, but he may. Then there's some of those leagues. It's twenty to be the next Mostly, season. Mostly, yeah. So, the, the industry standard is twenty. Yeah, so for he next might be year. like, he might get first baseman in season and then lose it again. So it's a, uh, it's going to be here and there. But um, okay, I, don't know, I think it's a great right righty lefty combo in terms of. I know you know neither one of them has great plate discipline. Actually, Machado doesn't either. So it's actually a really interesting team in Jones terms of or scope. Yeah, yeah, none of them have good plate discipline, but they. They, rock they just let it ball, eat exactly so. like it, it's not it's not yeah. their game and it, it it suits them to not just take walks. They've got a couple guys who can do it, namely uh, Yunsu Kim uh, did it last year. That's why I think he would actually make a decent number two hitter against righties. They have Seth Smith up there right now, who I actually think might also take some walks. But you you get maybe one of those more patient guys in between that group. Uh, I think that can work. Get them on base. You know, almost tell a Yunsu Kim, listen, man. If you just get on base at a at a thirty five percent clip, we're going to get you scored uh, with Machado, Davis, and Scope coming up, uh, and and Trumbo, and then Scope coming up after you. So it's going to be an interesting team again. There's offense plenty out there. I don't know if their pitching staff can can hold up, but that's a little bit irrelevant for for Trumbo going back there. You know, that's going to wrap us up. Give a mega ep um, since we're kind of doing one a week right now with each other. We're we're, we're going longer. Next team that we will cover, uh, whether it's, I, I'm not sure what Jason's availability was, so I wasn't sure if he, I'll have to talk to him again. I can't remember what he said about Sunday. So either Jason and I or you and I will be talking about the Pirates next. So for those of you, uh, who are fans of Pittsburgh, we will be talking about those. And I bet, call it crazy, call it, call it a hunch. I bet we'll talk Andrew McCutcheon a little bit. No, 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 nobody's talking about and, him. And, and, and how awesome, how mega sleeper Garrett Cole is in AL only league Listen, this year. Just gotta really go get him. We're just gonna tease gotta it. Go we're not gonna him. say anything more. But if you're not getting him in your AL only, you're probably not gonna win. Okay. And gonna if win. you have an AL only draft before we record it, I apologize. So you're not gonna be able to hear our reasoning. <laughs> but just take him. Just trust us on this one, and you'll hear the reasoning on the next episode. You know, great talking <laughs> to right. you, and I will uh, talk to you next week. Thanks for listening.